Feels good to have a little song back, man. Does that sound like Long Cut? Does sound like Long Cut. No, I don't sound like Long Cut. You don't think? Man, it's good to bring that song. I like other songs. It is good. But it's good to bring that one back. And we're doing podcasts on Fridays, which is cool, man. I know we try to do twice a week sometimes, but um, you know, the, the once a week to Fridays feel good. Feels like mm-hmm. we can be consistent mm-hmm. with that in addition to our Living in Denver, Colorado YouTube page. Legit Agents YouTube page. Those are both twice a week. And then getting this podcast in, still doing deals, yep. leading our team. Pretty busy. Pretty busy in a focused way. Um, we've got a lot of cool things that are coming up that we're we're excited for. Um, hanging out with Ben Newman yeah. this month, June 30th. I'm going to go and see him for about a week and crush some cool stuff. But, um, yeah, so we're excited for that. A lot of cool stuff that's going on. We've scaled pretty well. But, like, man, there's a lot of work behind it. And there's a topic that's pretty popular right now. Mm-hmm. There is. Before I get into that, Eli's going to want to tell you that <laughs> I you am. can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or YouTube. Or you Thank can you, message us that. on so Will. so good at that. Under, shh, <laughs> Eli, I'm trying to get your shit out. Because Eli was to say. Eli oh, Schmidt here on Instagram if you want to talk to his punk ass. Or Will underscore Grimes on Instagram if you want to talk to my punk ass. And I know we get a lot of first-time listeners on every episode. So, guys, you welcome know. to the day one. I do know. I hope. Welcome to the day one dollar zero podcast. I am your co-host, Eli Schmidt. You just see, host. fuck that. <laughs> co-host can only be, reason, technically we're both co-hosts. It doesn't necessarily mean like one's a host, one's true, a co-host. But the context in which you're saying it deflects all responsibility from anything said on this podcast. Well, I'll, you just said my whole line. There we go. I think Don't you just stated. It's a Friday. <laughs> you just stated. <laughs> your host, Will Grimes. Oh, motherfucker. Your, your, your co-hosts, your hosts that co-run this show together. Um, Will Grimes, Eli Schmidt. Another form of co-host is like, guy who knows everything and actually knows how to run podcast. No. This is what your label should be, because I'm definitely not that guy. No, he's like producer. Guy who talks shit. There you go. Host, I guess. Talent. Runs his big fat mouth, and then guy who actually knows how to do all the work, Eli. Button pusher. Um, Yeah. Not true. But with that being said, man, like a, a topic that's been pretty popular uh, lately is winning, right? Mm. Tim Grover, what a cool guy. Mm. Um, I've spoken to him a little bit on Instagram, believe mm-hmm. it or not, and um, a little bit of back and forth, nothing like outrageous, but asked him a couple questions and got, got some really good responses. And how cool is that, by the way, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that you can message that guy and he responds. Accessible, man. That's just really cool. But, well, yeah. accessible, true, but, like, you, there's boundaries to that. Of I don't course. try to message yeah. and ask that guy every question every single yeah, day, right? Like, there's got to be some finesse or um, just etiquette behind that. Um, but, man, super cool that he that he he does, you know, respond and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's cool. And he's written that book uh, called Winning. Mm-hmm. If you guys don't know who Tim Grover is, he was the personal trainer slash hybrid of personal training and, like, just performance mm-hmm. coach for Michael Jordan for 15 years. Kobe Bryant for a decade and, and countless others. And it's really cool because he talks about out of all the athletes and CEOs and just businessmen that he's, he's mentored or just been around at the highest levels. He's just made a conglomeration of like what winning looks like at the actual level of what a lot. Now winning can be all different forms. And he talks about it in that in the book, but we're talking on this podcast for entrepreneurs with the assumption that all of you are trying to scale your business and build your brand and have a, a ton of influence or a ton of success outside the norm. Mm-hmm. Yes, winning could be making your bed, doing your laundry, mowing the lawn, going to work, doing your nine to five, coming home and being dad. Nothing wrong with that if that's your ambition. I'm assuming from the audience we've interacted with on our podcast, a lot of you want to get after it a lot in, in different ways, mm-hmm. right? And um, so with that being said, like just giving context to what I'm talking, because there is a lot of ways to win and I don't want to make it sound like there's only one way to do it. Mm-hmm. But the way that we look at it is very similar to how Tim Grover looks at it and how a lot of athletes and just people he's mentored 
have looked at it and made a conglo- you know book on the conglomeration of just I like my interpretation is just the non romantic side of it. You know, the grit the, and the, the real ugly the real. side. Yeah. yeah the, uh-huh. You know, and if maybe it's ugly to some. Some of us it's just like familiar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Might be the word, but really cool and it's cool that a guy like that is kind of coming out of his shell because he's been behind the scenes for so long and now he's kind of exposing himself and he's a brand and he's showing how he's winning and whatever it may be. But we've been reading that book and a lot of people have been talking about it. And even outside of this book, a lot of people have been talking about winning and we've got some opinions. So we figured today we'd get on the mic a little mm-hmm. bit and just share not other people's opinions, not my opinion of other people's opinions, but really just like, hey, how does that book apply to us? Mm-hmm. Or just that theory of winning apply to us, and just hey, what are what do how do we look at that? What yeah. are we doing? We were we were having a good conversation about that the other night, and um, it was short but good. So I'm excited to kind of continue we'll give that some on. Context. Here yeah. we go. Yeah. So uh, Will and I were talking the other night, and he was just, um, you know, we were, he, Will had purchased me the book. Thank you very much. Um, Bef- greatly appreciate listen, that. <laughs> listen, here's how this works. I, I, I'm super competitive. Eli bought a book before didn't buy me the same book and I was like oh man like you didn't get me a copy like you're that excited about the book but you didn't get get your boy a copy and he goes oh sorry man um you know I just wasn't sure what to do because I saw this Jordan Peterson book on your desk that was just hanging out by itself and I was like oh (laughs) noted so months go by whatever I don't say shit but then the next time I buy a book I buy his ass a book because <laughs> it's like, dude, you're not, you don't, get, like, yeah. man, you got yeah. a little touche on me there. <laughs> I don't get him too often. We need man. to fucking fill that gap. Yeah. So now like, gotta buy you That's a book. That's true. So he, he did, he did give me a book in, in, um, it sat there for a couple of days. He didn't touch it. Sat there for a couple of days. Um, I was listening to the audio version while mm-hmm. that was happening, but, cool. um, beside the point. Um, but, uh, yeah, we were just talking about it and he was like, man, is that, um, you know, like how do, how do you relate to that? And just, you know, is there anyone that like, and, and I think I'd said a man, like, I love reading that book. I love learning about that stuff. Um, I definitely see fragments of myself in that book. But I was like, man, I personally am just not that Michael Jordan dude. And and by no means, and man, Will knows I'm not a lazy dude. I literally get after it every day. I'll work 16 hours a day, no fucking problem. Um, But just all the other things that he ties into that... I just know that's not me. Yeah, and if you haven't read the book, or if you're if you're going to be reading the book, man, we, I don't know if we can uh, add a link to this podcast so you guys yeah, can go we can. find the book. Yeah. We're going to add a link on there, and just especially for Tim responding to me on Instagram, how freaking cool is that? So if we can support him by throwing this link on there, cool. So Eli will have the link on this podcast. If you're listening to this, that means that link is already on there. Go take a look. Mm-hmm. But to give some context into it, uh, you know, Michael Jordan is very well known in the book and outside of the book for like just being super competitive toward. All of his, you know, not only like his teammates and bringing them up and making them better, but then like his, his uh, peers on other mm-hmm. teams, man. Like there's so many stories about like, man, that didn't even happen. It was like just happened in Jordan's head. <laughs> or someone would say something like, yeah. good game, Mike. Yeah. And he was like, oh, yeah? Yeah. When someone was maybe just genuinely saying like a game, but Jordan lost that game. Then the very next game, Jordan comes back, scores 60, dunks on your ass like mm-hmm. a thousand fucking times and then like winks at you at the end of the game and says, mm-hmm. good game. And you're like, dude, what's it even be? But everybody calls him Black Jesus or some other stuff. And inside of uh, the 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 Last Dance docu series, there's a lot of other like athletes that talk about like, hey, don't say shit to Mike. He's gonna take it. It's gonna fuel him. And they would tell all the youngsters like, you get a couple points in a game and you're having a good game. Don't say a. Don't look at him. Don't say a fuck because he's just super competitive and like. But so that's what you're talking about as far as like, man, like you don't have any like 
friendly because he's also friends. He's friends with Charles yeah, Barkley yeah. and all these other guys. And like they'll go have dinner, they'll play golf, but then on the court he wants to murder you. Yeah, just that right? desire to just get one on someone, you know, or just like show someone what's up or like mm-hmm. that's the part that I just don't have in me on certain well, things. Well when he's like, showing him what's up, I think he's showing him that like, hey, I'm your friend and it's cool and we're all ball players, but like I'm the best. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm fucking I'm yeah. alpha. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I just don't have that like if someone said good game to me, whatever is in his brain that makes that happen. Mm-hmm. Just, but that could also be why maybe game, you bro. didn't pursue being a professional athlete. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Because like uh-huh. you're on the court to win. Yep. You're not on that court, especially at a, at a level of the NBA. Yep. You're not on that court to play your hardest, be friends, or lift yeah. lift others or, up. Or, yeah. yeah. And, and just well, but just it's subjective. Lifting lifting others up could be playing your best game and getting in their ass. That 100%. could be picking people 100%. up. Right? But at that level, you're there to win. You're there to win mm-hmm. championships and you're there to win ball games. Yep. So, yep. I mean. You're, oh, yeah, good game. Oh, hey, we all had a good time. It sounds like co-ed softball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like on yep. the surface. And I remember one time, man, you and I were talking about this. This is where maybe like you had a little bit of taste in, into like my mind. Mm-hmm. You were doing jujitsu. You're still doing jujitsu, but mm-hmm. you were you were kind of getting into, you were, you were first, first getting into comp, it first year. Yeah. And then you you like kind of like ab- abstractly mentioned like, oh, hey, man, I got a tournament this weekend. Yeah. And I was like, oh, cool, bro. And before I even had a chance to say anything beyond, oh, cool, bro. You were like, yeah, man, you know, I'm just going to go and just like kind of get my kind of get my feet wet and just kind of like see what the whole it. tournament thing is all about. Yeah, yeah. And like you were saying that to your you said it to me, but you were saying it to yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it was like a predisposed like response you had. And I just remember looking at you like you just farted in my <laughs> face, bro. I was like, Eli, get out of here. No. Yeah. Like, yes, but no. Like, yeah, you're it's your first tournament. You're going to go and. You know, you're going to learn, like, you're going to apply everything you've been learning, like when to be explosive, when to conserve energy, when to use technique, when to, you know, play defense, when, you know, like, hey, I don't want to gas myself out, so should I go for something, should I not? Like, because it's all real. It's You know what I mean? Like, there's no do-over, and you get to tap out 20 different times, right? Like, so you're going to apply all of your things, but I, I remember, like, looking at you like you farted in my face. So with my pink eye, I'm, like, <laughs> staring at you, and I'm like, and it's me projecting myself onto you. It's not my place to tell you how to be, but... We're fucking brothers, no, we're so bros, I'm making yeah. it, I'm making it my place, and you can just tell me to shut up. But I'm looking at you with my pink eye, and I'm <laughs> like, bro, you're going to fucking win. Yeah. What are you talking about? Like, yeah, man, you're going to apply all these things, but you're putting those together to the best of your ability to beat the fuck out of that dude. What are you talking? Because that's what that's what the competition is for: is mm. to apply everything you've practiced to then fuck that guy up. It's one place you're awesome. allowed to do it, and it's yeah. controlled. It's controlled. Right, like guys can tap out. Mm-hmm. There's going to be points, but like that's that's the place. Mm-hmm. That's the environment. What do you mean? But like, I was coming at it from a very like, man, I'm not even going to compete if I'm not going to try to win. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to mm-hmm. go. To, and the way you were making it sound, it was like you're just you you were going with no no thought of winning, but thought of like, hey, yeah. maybe one day. But I'm going to go compete for the sake of just getting yeah. familiar with what competition feels like. And for me, I'm like, hey, man. I don't know if you're going to know what competition feels like if you're not going with the intent to compete. Mm-hmm. Now, that's just me, right? That's my that's my brain from athletics from childhood, man. Like, we were a Little League World Series team. So, from very young, man, like, it was not just recreational. Like, like you know, like, our baseball coaches, man, like, um, Keith Bailey, he was a scout for the Chicago Cubs and a college World Series umpire, right? Tim Scheibler, shout out to Coach Tim Scheibler, super good dude. Uh, played professional baseball as a pitcher, mm-hmm. uh, head coach at a high school, um, coach like some minor league. Talk about a guy, bro. Like, 
dude, he was in your shit. That's him. Yeah. Like he was he wouldn't like he wasn't overly intense, but he's a tall guy, pretty good build, great pitcher. But I remember like, dude, I'm I'm eight years old, eight, eight, nine, ten, eleven years old when I'm with him. And I remember like if I threw a bad pitch, he'd be sitting on the on the five gallon bucket of baseballs out by the dugout. I'm on the I'm on the mound pitching in a game. You know, he, and I just remember like he'd be sitting there and he'd go, Oh, fuck me. <laughs> like what a, the hell was that? Yeah, <laughs> it's just yeah. like, oh man, like but he didn't hate me. He didn't like fucking mm-hmm. make me run ten sprints. But it was like, dude, that's a bullshit. What are you doing? Yeah, you know, like one of those. And he'd be like, hey, and then like I'd come to the dugout. And he'd be like, hey, you need to hold your circle change here, and we better be fucking practicing it because you're throwing it like trash in there. Mm-hmm. When you get back in there, throw your fastball. At least you got that going for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But like, Damn. so I don't know if it's like bred in me mm-hmm. or. But back then, I loved baseball. Mm-hmm. I loved baseball. How they were feeding it to me. Mm-hmm. I did not feel rejection. I did not go home and pout and not want to show up the other day. And, like, I, maybe I just had it in me. So how competitive they were as coaches to make us better, for whatever reason, beyond my knowledge, I responded well. I did have some friends, man, that played Little League all the way through junior high. And when we got to high school, uh, a couple of guys decided not to play baseball anymore. Hmm. So I don't mm-hmm. know if, like, their parents were forcing them when they were younger or if they just their friends were in it and they just yeah. want to play summer ball with us. But by the time they got to high school, they were burnt out. I don't know if that was because of how many games we played and how hard the coaches were, but for whatever reason, man, that was that was baseball Dude, to me. I think it's twofold, man. You know what I compare it to? I think it's like I think it's DNA, and when you have whatever that strand is in your DNA that goes to that that competitive nature, but you're also put into the environment where that's mm-hmm. nurtured. Like, look at how many guys out there do you think have great bodybuilding genetics, but mm-hmm. are never exposed to bodybuilding? Yeah, they're obviously not going to blow up. But then you take of Phil Heath or Kai Green, where it's like they have the genetics yeah. and they're exposed to it, and then it's like, holy fuck, look holy at these crap. great people. Or even like athletes that are now finding CrossFit. Yeah, Better yeah. Watch out. Right, right, holy right. Shit. Yeah. You know, like it's it's interesting to see all of that. And like, man, they were never, they never said they hated us. They never called us pieces of shit. Or like mm-hmm. we ran and we had to, you know, be disciplined in baseball. But like if I threw a shitty pitch or something, or like you strike out, you're like, hey. Yeah, you were hearing about you it. Get, you get struck out without swinging. Like if you get a, it's called a called third strike. You got two mm-hmm. strikes on you. If that third pitch, come, you know, if that whatever, however many pitches you have in that count, right? If your third strike comes across the plate and you get caught looking at it, not even trying to swing at it, dude, like, mm. hey, man, mm. you here to play fucking baseball? Yeah. What are you doing? You know, yep. like, yep. but that fueled me. And then, you know, that came, that led into, like, as I got older, you know, football, continue to play baseball. And then, like, the Marine Corps, Super competitive, dude. I remember just basic, just just boot camp, mm-hmm. right? Like you have like your your field training, man. Where like you're doing like your um your your climbing obstacle courses. You're doing the pugil sticks. You know what a pugil stick is? Uh, that yeah, the like gladiator American gladiators. Yeah. Listen, bro. <laughs> you ever want a Snickers candy bar in boot camp? You fucking win those field ops. That yeah. And I remember our drill instructors like fucking kill these bitches. They're fellow people in boot camp in a different company. Yeah. But we're all competing. You got a helmet on. You got your fucking mouthpiece and your pugil thing. Like, drill instructors like around to keep it safe, right? Sure. All good, you know. But it's like, hey, like, fucking get after it. This is, like, you did a lot of training and stuff. But like, fucking get after it. I remember, mm-hmm. man, like, our platoon, uh, we were we were range high overall. And I'll get into that here in a second in the rifle range. But, like, let's just keep the field day, the field ops. And I'm not sure if that's what it's called. But you're out in the field. And you're doing obstacle courses, and then you're fighting each other with pugil sticks and stuff. And our company, our our our, our uh, platoon, won that. 
And I remember they were like, it makes drill instructors look good, bro. Like, mm. half of it's they're training you hard as fuck. Half of it's, like, luck of the draw. Who ends up landing in their yeah. platoon? Potentially, right? But, like, I just remember, dude, like, when we were doing it, they were like, fucking get it. And, dude, I love that. Because I'm like, yeah. oh, hell yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. dude, I've been getting yelled in my fucking face. I've been, like, drinking water until they make us puke. Been doing all this shit. You know, for probably, man, like three weeks before we start Pugil Sticks or maybe four weeks. But now you start getting into some, like, some real obstacle courses beyond just drilling with your rifle and, like, working out and eating and then working out and then mm -hmm. drill at night. Like, the first couple of weeks are instilling a lot of discipline in you. But then over time it progresses, right? right? I'm sure you guys are getting the picture here. But it progresses into those. And it was, dude, like... You don't get to fight your drill instructors. Like, and if you tried to, no one's going to applaud you for that. You came to boot camp for a reason. Yeah. You fucking do what you're, what you're supposed to do, right? But we're getting, like, they're handing it to you the entire mm -hmm. time. And, like, when I went to boot camp, it was, like, end of 04, 05. Guys were coming off of, like, their first deployments of, like, Operation Iraqi Freedom. And, like, dude, like, war was, like, not friendly back then, man. Like, it was, like, 03 is when it really – remember, like, George Bush was, like – on some naval ship. Real we new, won. real scary. But it was like, we won. And then, and then, like, right after that, shit really started hitting the fan, right? Mm -hmm. Prior to my generation, I can't speak to that, but, like, I remember, like, it got real. Well, by the time I go to boot camp, those guys that were, like, really getting mm -hmm. hit were, were coming back from deployment and re-enlisting or doing their B-billet, which is recruiting or drill instructor, and a lot of them became drill instructors. They had a lot of, we'll call it, um, they had a lot of passion for making sure. Marines. So when it came to the bugle stick, Pugil sticks, bugle sticks, whatever. They were like, fucking, hey, here's how this works. Cool? <laughs> mm -hmm. And it's almost like they were not befriending you, but for the first time, you felt like they were kind of like accepting you. Giving not, you a little leash. Not like, treating you like, yeah. a, well, just not treating you like a piece of shit. They yeah. were like, hey, this our platoon, this what we do. Like, hey, look, yeah. look, look, boys. This is how we fucking go out. And like, they're showing you how they would do it. And, we got, yeah. and you're just like, dude, I responded well. I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. fucking hell yeah. And a lot of guys did not have a lot of, like, athletic experience going into boot camp. And, like, if you were a good athlete and coordinated and understood, like, head movement or how to approach someone. Timing and stuff. You can yeah. go in there, man, and just crush. And we cry. It was fun. It was awesome. You got to yeah. fucking. So cool. So I respond, as you can tell, I'm probably yep. jazzed up on this podcast because <laughs> now I'm old balls. So now, you know, I, get a, I just reminisce on what I used to be, right, I guess. But, well, now I compete in business. We'll yeah. get to that. But. Dude, it was baller. And then we get to the rifle range, and it was the same thing. But here's what was really cool. The rifle range was calm. One, you have a loaded gun. So if they're mean to you, they don't, you know, you might shoot someone. You don't right, need anybody. Right, right. And that's real talk. Yeah. You don't need anybody freaking out in yeah. boot camp with a loaded gun on a range, turning that on someone. So they're deliberately not befriending you, but it's a bond. It's, oh, man, it's almost like a father and son bond. Mm. But, like, your drill instructors aren't old enough to be your father. Yeah. But, man, they kind of embrace the range. and I, you know, I remember They're not making fun of you. They're not demeaning nope. you. They're not doing any of that stuff all, on the range. It's all about the weapon. Yeah. It's all about being a warrior in the Marine's pride of even just a basic guy. You're not even infantry, you're, but you're a Marine. You will be this proficient. Mm -hmm. Every Marine a rifleman is our creed, right? Mm -hmm. Like, a lot of Marines are going to go, ah, that ain't fucking true. Like, you know, like you're, you're so calm guys and everybody else that are a level ahead. True, but... For the masses compared to, like, other branches, the, the amount of, like, rifle you go through okay. at the basic level, even if you're never going to be an infantryman, it's it's beyond rapport. Okay. It's great, right? So, and there's a lot of pride behind it. So, you're there and here, but it was calming. So, it was a different level of aggression. I don't even know if aggression, no, different level of intensity. No, mm -hmm. different form. Mm. Like, the intensity came out in a different demeanor. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. 100%. Like, controlled. Yep. 
intensity, controlled focus, poise, like a quarterback instead of a linebacker. Bugle sticks was like, Ray Lewis, linebacker, I'm going to eat your fucking face off, right? Mm -hmm. Like, cool. And then, like, the rifle range was like Tom Brady, Aaron Rod, like, in in the pocket. Mm -hmm. A lot of things going around you, but, like, I need you to be one with the rifle, calm and directed. And So you started learning a different way to be focused. And Mm. I'd never shot a rifle before until boot camp. You know, like, dad was a Marine, but mom was a hippie, right? I've told this story. Mm -hmm. My mom thought the Lion King was premeditated murder and bitched out my fifth grade teacher for showing it to us in fifth grade, right? Like, there you go, context. All good, but we didn't play with guns. Not water guns, not anything growing up. And then, you know, there I guess karma. There you mm-hmm. go. Murphy's mm-hmm. Law. I end, up, I end up going here, and I remember telling our, with my drill instructor, drill, drill instructor Sergeant Graham, he was my drill instructor. You have ranged drill instructors, but okay. your drill instructors are still there. But drill instructor Sergeant Graham used to be a ranged drill instructor, so he was kind of a little bit more involved, even though he was our one of our platoon drill instructors. And I remember talking to him, and he's like, hey. He's like, Grimes, you good to go? You, you Are you paying attention? And I was like, yes, sir. And you have to speak in third person. So mm-hmm. I'm just like, this recruit's just... I kind of pause, and he's like, Grimes, just fucking talk to me, would you? Mm-hmm. Just fu- shut the fuck up and just, as in, stop talking in third mm-hmm. person. So I was trying to, you're still trying to get good at talking at, yeah. this recruit. You know, yeah. He's yeah. like, look, shut the fuck up with all that and just talk to me. And I was like, sir, I've never shot a rifle before. Mm-hmm. He goes, good. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? what do you want me to, to suck? What are you, good? Yeah. And I was just kind of like sitting there looking at him, and he sits down on the other ammo can right across from me. He goes, Grimes, listen to me. You have no bad habits. None. You're a blank canvas. You just listen to me and you listen to your range instructors and you focus and do everything we say and do it to the best of your ability. You're going to fucking crush. Dude, eye opening. Because you, you got a lot of farm boys out there, but they learn from their dad. They learn Kentucky windage or they just have bad habits that they have to unlearn. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't seeing it from that perspective, but it was like cool how like I'm seeing an obstacle. Yeah. He saw an opportunity. Great point. And I had to let go of that insecurity. And this is going to be, we're going to tie this into winning mm-hmm. as well, of letting go of insecurities and just focus on task at hand and the work. Not not whether you, you've done it before or you're mm-hmm. new at business, you're new to entrepreneurship. Letting that go and focusing on the tasks at hand that will lead to success and staying focused and compartmentalizing on that. So I do, I end up being the high shooter out of every single company in boot camp. And then our, our platoon had the highest score overall and then out but I was the highest shooter overall of every company that was in boot camp. And I just was like watching how proud I made like mm-hmm. my drill instructors. It was like but I learned a different a different demeanor, a different mm-hmm. form of intensity. And I also learned confidence and how much hard work and proper intensity and proper technique and just direction of applying yourself was like wow you know and I remember one time and I went and spoke to these recruiters in Colorado had a big function with a lot of uh, soon-to-be recruits that Mm -hmm. were there and their parents were there Mm -hmm. and a lot of their parents were asking their kids why aren't they looking at different branches or like because like well you're gonna have a future you know like and a lot of these kids were gonna go infantry and their parents were even more concerned and it was such a topic they literally wanted a guest speaker there to speak to this because parents literally thought, oh, you're going to be a Marine grunt? Well, your fucking future's mm-hmm. doomed. Mm-hmm. So I brought my mom to speak to other parents. It was like mm-hmm. the fear of like, hey, here's here's the era my son was in. Here's what that looked like for, as a parent because I couldn't speak to that. But then more importantly, I talked about overcoming fear and adversity and obstacles and believing in yourself and being resourceful and applying fundamentals and just letting go of certain things and how much those tools from the Marine Corps 
creates a high proficient human that will be successful at whatever the fuck they choose to do. Mm-hmm. And look at me, I'm in real estate. What the mm-hmm. fuck does that got to do with the, with the Marine Corps? Everything, mm-hmm. depending on how you're looking at it. But like, man, I was really embracing those competitive sides. Yeah. Right. Well, like, now that we're in business. I've talked about this. Like when my son was born, I was kind of like remembering who I was and just wanting to get after it. And I started putting my identity back on. Cause when I first got in real estate, I didn't have much identity. And I was kind of, you know, remember that? And yeah. I was like, yeah, I was just oh, shaky. Yeah. And well, we've talked about it. So go back to prior podcasts. We'll find it for you. But as I, ha- once I had my son, I started thinking of like, man, like, or once we were pregnant with my son, it was like, what am I going to teach him? Who am I? Like, who do I want to be? And like, how's my son going to see me? And, Somehow, some way, like my identity started to come back. Like, no, man, you you are a marine. You are mm-hmm. a cop. You are this ball play. You are all of these things. And I started just figuring out the strengths I had from other um, avenues, mm-hmm. other endeavors, mm-hmm. how it applied to real estate, and like a lot of it was that competitive nature as well, right? And so now I'm seeing like business. I'm seeing like a battlefield, right? Of like just playing chess, and it's a battlefield, and like how we navigate. And I get super competitive, and like, yes, are there people? that are super friendly to me, that care for me and you, that also maybe sleep on us and maybe pass up on opportunities to be involved with us. Yeah, and like, do I want to fucking starch them? Yeah, of course I do. I still want to go to lunch with them, and yeah. I still want to, I'm still civil with them. There's no bad blood The logical all. side is all still there. Right, and like per Gary yeah. V, what Gary V would tell you is like, hey, two forms of building business, right? Mm-hmm. One form is like, you want to be the biggest building in the city, you tear everybody else's building down. Or you just build the tallest building regardless. Mm-hmm. I'm the second one. I have no vendetta or, or intention of like trying to bad talk or, or tear someone else's building down. But at the same, like, so I'm the guy, hey, I'll play by the rules within the, whatever that looks like of, of this battlefield. Mm-hmm. But hey, man, you're getting fucking murked. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to make sure mm-hmm. you know it. And like some of those guys right now, like they've made some comments to us, like they're asking us questions now. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And that's where, like, I do have, like, a sprinkle of, like, the Michael Jordan, you know, flu, per oh, se, sprinkle, of being competitive. Man, man, I knew that from, like, our first week working together, you know, that there was just a cloth that you're cut from that is just different, you know, that you rarely, if ever, come across somebody like that in your life, like, for real. That are just truly um, to the core competitive. Yeah, and not even just, I mean, competitive is just, I don't even feel like is the right word for it because mm-hmm. it's something else. Like, because I feel like there's a lot of competitive people, but... Like, you're not getting the NBA without being competitive. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan's just different. Yeah. You know, like, there's there needs to be a different word for it. I don't know what it is, but there's a different word for it. Yeah, obsessed. I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and I'm definitely not going to sit here, and I'm not even close to where Michael Jordan is, but I think some of those traits, after reading the book, you know, and, and, hear, and watching The Last Dance, like, I feel like I relate to that guy. Mm-hmm. I feel like I wake up in the morning and get after it. I feel like if it's late at night and we have to get after it, we just get after mm-hmm. it. I feel like there's some things where, like, even if I don't have to do it, I find myself just doing it. Mm-hmm. And then I've, you know, I've been talking to friends and asking, like, how what they thought of the book. And I've been getting just different perspectives, which is great. Not not so much to compare myself to them, but to just understand my friends, understand kind of, like, what, how they see it and where they're at. And I'm like, man, like, I don't have a number goal financially. I don't have a number goal of how many agents I want on our team you know, downline, like I've got a downline goal, 10,000, you know, and, but for me, it's like, man, I just, I want to have as much influence and impact as possible. And the way I was kind of describing it the other day was like, man, I don't, I don't know what it all looks like here, but here's what I do know. I got way more in the tank. Hell yeah. I got way more in the tank, man. So as long as I got more left in the tank, I know, like, I just have this feeling, I have this feeling of, um, 
I'm satiated. Like I'm full and I'm excited. I'm satiated from what we've accomplished, but I'm, I'm fucking hungry at the same time. Like I know like, man, I'm very, I'm very blessed and I'm very happy with what we've accomplished while at the same time being extremely hungry and having this feeling of just knowing like, dude, we there's so like, as we have adapted to business as other doors and have opened and different opportunities have opened and we're excited for them and we're getting good at those opportunities. I feel like, Oh man, like we're just getting started. Like I've got so much more in the fucking tank and I have no intention of slowing down. Mm-mm, no, man. At all. I was, um, I was having this conversation with someone the other day and you know, the whole like workaholic thing came up and I was very easily like, I'm not a workaholic at all. Not even close to workaholic. Like I I'm on this, like there's other shit. Yeah. I'd rather be doing, you know what I mean? Like there's mm-hmm. other shit I'd rather be doing. Like I love business, but I know we're on this journey and when it comes to like, we don't take vacations really. I'll have one next year sometime, but it's like, we don't take vacations really. It's like, when we happen to have an off day, it happens to be a Sunday that we just don't have anything going on, but mm-hmm. it's, it's not scheduled. It's not like, Hey, we're taking these days off. Um, it just comes up. But, um, for us, it's like, I feel like we're on this journey where we don't know where the finish line is, you mm-hmm. know, but for me anyway, I know that anytime I stop to take a break or stop to like go get a drink or stop to fix my shoe or stop to take a nap that I'm not getting toward that finish line. Yeah. You know, and that's where it's like, it's and easy. your shoes are fine. Like, you're like, no, I'm, yeah, I'm just going. Dude, I can just relate going. to that. Like in the Marine Corps, we had this guy, uh, one of the, one of our staff NCOs loved running. Mm-hmm. Fucking guy. <laughs> Gross. And he was a little, this little lean, but like muscular El Salvadorian dude. He's probably still running. You know what still, I mean? Like, I don't yeah. know if he stopped yet. But he loved it. But like, I remember, man, we got so well conditioned. I remember we'd be like doing like a like a boots and utes, so combat boots and okay. utility pants, like your okay. camo pants and t shirt. We go for runs, and I remember like he would never tell us where we're gonna run. Every morning, like you woke up and we and we did a run before a workout or anything like that. It could be a three mile run and hit the gym. It could be sixteen mile run. It could be throw your flak vest on and we're gonna run eight nine. You just never knew. And like looking back on it, it's on purpose. He didn't want you to know it's only three miles. Mm-hmm. Or it's only nine miles. Or, oh, fuck, it's 16. He didn't want, he just wanted you prepared. And you're like, hey, if you're eating right, if you're training on your own individually, maxing out your own performance, like whatever he throws at you, you're going to start just being Mm -hmm. prepared. And you're going to be able to endure. And you're going to stop looking for a finish line. Right? And if he's preparing you for combat, where's the finish line in that? Like, how long does a gunfight go? Yeah. How long does a deployment go? Could you get extended? Like, there's a lot of things that go in there when Mm -hmm. these guys are trying to train you for potentially deploying. So, like, looking back on it, you see it, and, like, a lot of this applies to business, you know? And it's, like, I remember, you know, after a couple months of, like, being being with him and, and training super hard, there'd be runs. Like, some runs hurt. Don't get me wrong. But there were some runs where I'm, like, he could go all day. I feel mm. fucking good. Mm. I don't need water. Mm. I have my camel back on me. If I need a sip of water, mm. I'd be good. But, like, you kind of hit that second wind, and you're, like, this guy could run all day because I feel like I don't. Man, I actually like running right now in the moment. Like, yep. no, I'm good. Keep going. Yep. That's where he wanted you to be. Mm-hmm. That's like that flow state or being in the yeah. zone. I don't know what call it, call it whatever you want. I don't really have a uh, any of those an identity work. for it, but I feel like that's where we're at in business right now. Like now we don't know what the finish line is, but here's what I do know: the longer you go, the better it is. Same thing with these runs with, with that staff NCO. Like the longer we go on these runs, the better you're going to get at it. It's true. So if you're feeling great, you might as well keep riding it and it's keep true. going, right? Like why yeah. stop? Or if you do need to stop, make sure you really, really, really need to stop. Yeah. And, and you're maximizing that so you can get right back out there and do it. Don't yeah. just stop to stop. 
And yeah, exactly. But for for me, man, like I really enjoy what we do. I do too. I don't enjoy everything, like writing contracts, um, looking over like title documents. There's some shit in there that's like mm-hmm. not necessarily fun, but it it coincides with a bigger picture of helping right. people and accomplishing amazing feats for people in their life. And those are just the eyes you got to dot and the T's you got to yep. cross to make sure everything's tied up nice and and you're at a professional level. I also see those details as that if you're gonna do the details extremely well and protect people's interest, mm-hmm. that's the little details that nobody else wants to look at or or, yeah. or just tie up nice and neat. That creates all the difference as yeah. well, right? So those are important, but like, I don't, I don't dread work. I, man, I just, I wake up, dude, and I just get after it, mm-hmm. and like, we just keep going. So I feel like, and we've been doing this for years at the same pace. So I know it's not a fad. I know mm-hmm. it's not no. anything like yeah. that. But yeah, or artificial. The more and more I look back in my history, the more and more I see, like, dude, I didn't do anything not like this. Like when we were at Fit Republic, we went from two to fourteen stores in two years. We had Kurt on the, on the podcast, you know, like. Dude, we were going. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, and like the Marine Corps and how my career went there. It was go, you know, and athletics. It was go since a kid. So it's like, I don't know if I have another gear. Mm-hmm. But I will say learning that rifle range at a young age and the different finesse to intensity, mm-hmm. that poise has helped because, you know, as you're in business, especially within real estate, you're not yelling at Marines in real estate. You're not, you're not a linebacker. You know, all the time, very infrequently, are you actually a linebacker when it comes to like owning a business per se, depending yeah. on what your business is. But it's with your mind. It's like, it's like, hey, man, where's my next move? What are my next five moves? What does that look like? And then putting an intense amount of work behind it to make sure, you know, that you leave nothing on the table. Like if something doesn't work, it cannot be because you didn't put the effort because then you'll never know if it was the right decision or not. But we start putting a ton of effort behind things and we start right. seeing what's working, what's moving, where the momentum hits. And we continue to do that. And like, well, dude, our YouTube channel is a, a very, mm-hmm. um, a very great example of that. It of is. Being innovative and listening to yep. some guys around us and opportunities that opened for us. And we listened and we ran the play and, and the type of future that's created for us and, and other people that are helping with that page. That's a prime example of yeah. being tip of the spear, but you're not there in my opinion, you're not there if you're not all in no, it's true. every single yeah. day to even identify that opportunity. I mean, people like overlook shit or say no to shit. Like they're not even prepared mm-hmm. to see what an opportunity looks like in the fucking first place. And if you're not in it to win yeah. it every single day and present and where you're like, you're not going to be able say, to identify like, those. What do they say? Like luck is where preparation meets opportunity. But Some if you're not shit. prepared, you're not going to see the opportunity. That's exactly what you're saying. Yeah, um, but you got to be in it. Like, yeah. believe it or not, man, the things you say yes and no to matter more than people. Oh, think. dude. Well, and I know we got to wrap up soon, but what I want to bring up my last point. Um, I'm when you brought up jujitsu earlier. I'm, I'm glad you had that conversation with me that day because my sole purpose for starting jujitsu wasn't so I can learn how to like choke someone in their jacket on the street, right? It's like... <laughs> Eli wanted to get me in a rear neck. No, I do. Oh. Uh, All you got to do is ask, bro. Just, it's called consent. Will's just like, oh. Be a gentleman. It's called uh, consent, Eli. The, is, uh, <laughs> is to breed the competitive nature. Like, I knew it was lacking in me. Mm-hmm. And that was, honestly, my sole purpose for going to jujitsu was because I figured, hey, if I could just be in competitive environments more often... I will learn to be more competitive, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that is something, guys, because a lot of you guys might read that book, Winning, and just think, hey, I'm not that person, mm-hmm. or I'm just not that level of person, or I'm just not this. Um, it, it, it's breedable, too. Like, am I ever going to be that level? No, it's just not, you know. But, man, can I benefit from learning to be more competitive? Fuck yeah. Tim Grover makes a good, a good conversation, and he said it on a couple of podcasts where he says, he's like, winning is in all of us. And I, I do believe that. Mm-hmm. I do too. At to what level? 
you expose yourself or your work ethic or your intensity to it, I don't know. That's that's up for you. And I guess I want to leave people with this too. Is like the same way I see that is like the same way I want to be a dad. Mm-hmm. Like I'm very competitive as a dad, not toward other dads, but just am I applying the same fundamentals within like my work career where I'm super competitive or any sports or workout that I've done before? Am I also applying those fundamentals as a father, like being where my feet are, coming up with creative gifts, working with my kids, getting getting their own competitive levels up, getting their own work ethic and consistencies up and like really being the best version of like what I see or emulate as a father. I try to apply it there, you know, and like, mm-hmm. yeah, it kind of comes down, you know, I don't know if it's bred in you or not. Like, I don't remember even even before like baseball, man, like my family is like. They're professional athletes or they're military. Like my mom's side, mm-hmm. you know, like Olympics and, and Chicago Bears, football, NFL, like some cool stuff there. My dad's side, military, and grew up more on my mom's side because they're all here in Colorado. But my Uncle Tony, just a stud boxer, dude. Really? Gold, Golden Gloves champ before. He's a better kicker than he is a boxer. Like yeah. how that dude's not in, in the UFC. He loves being a dad. He loves being a fireman. He fucking, bro, if that dude kicks you, you'd want to kill him. It <laughs> fucking hurts, right? And I remember, like, just, and he's a phenomenal, man, just phenomenal hands, phenomenal boxer. 155-pounder, broke a heavyweight's nose. Just, dude, just athletic, right? Mm. His And, and my, my uncle, um, his father, you know, like, just, my, he's my Uncle Ned and my cousin Tony and, you know, my, my cousin Reese. Like, they're all just good dudes. Like, I remember even even before playing baseball, Dude, when we go to my grandma's house for like Christmas Eve, it was on, dude. Really, with everybody. Oh my god, bro. Yeah. We would go down to the basement where they had like these pull-out couches, and we would just fucking get <laughs> after it. I remember we broke stuff before, like just animals. Yeah. But it was yeah. all love. But it was like wrestling and roughhousing, and like my mom, my other aunts, my uncles, like they were all the same way. Like my mom, man, Olympic fencer, and and, and played tennis and. Uncles, college football, swimming, NFL, like just some cool stuff there. And like, so I don't know if it's like in the DNA or not. I don't know, but I do know that like. It's a DNA factor for sure. It could be, but man, I can't express enough how the poise of the rifle range really helped because there's just different forms of intensity. So just because you don't act like Ray Lewis doesn't mean you're not intense or you're not mm-hmm. directed or you're not competitive, right? So I think it's, you know, if you guys are listening, it's important to identify what competitive natures look like and intensity looks like there's many different forms in my opinion right at least from how i i see this and then secondly man it was like putting yourself in an environment where you had to be competitive so for example like when you want to win in business or win in sports you also get to look at like hey what what are you okay to lose Mm -hmm. so like when we go back to the story of like sleeping in a pantry selling off cars right getting rid of my ego and then could i stayed with in-laws and ate holiday pie while I was studying for my real estate lessons. Yeah. But then how, how comfortable was I sleeping at in-laws hanging out with my daughter, eating pie, singing Christmas carols? No, man, I deliberately slept at my buddy's mom's house in her fucking pantry. Like I deliberately got rid of everything and I put myself back into the fire where every second of my day, I could not get away of my circumstance. And I was leaving myself no other opportunity but to put the amount of work and effort and consistency and direction towards something That'll forge winning in some form out of you. No other option, period. You get out of this fucking pantry, it's because you're winning. Mm -hmm. How long long can I stay at my in-laws? And then maybe get safe again and go Mm -hmm. find a day job. That was not the goal. So I was willing to lose things. I was willing to give things up, sacrifice a lot. 
to just leave myself no other opportunity but focusing on this and I couldn't distract myself with holiday pie or anything else. Sleeping in a pantry on a little twin mattress that's laying mm-hmm. on the floor next to Fig Newtons and canned goods. Mm-hmm. You're falling asleep in a pantry. You know your circumstances. You wake up in the pantry. I would wake up, I'd go to the gym and get that aggression out and get my mind right. I'd come back, I'd study all day, and then I'd go do lift at night to make a couple bucks. Every second of my day, there was no getting away from my circumstance. But here's the, here's the caveat. I didn't want to get away from it. I was okay. I sold cars. I got rid of bills that would have been piling up on me. I got rid of all that so I could focus on winning, so I could focus on the task and where I wanted to be in my future. And I wasn't trying to run from it. I embraced that that atmosphere mm-hmm. because I also knew boot camp, certain units I was attached to, when there's no distraction and you are sitting there focused on a task at hand and the effort that's needed with the consistency and the direction, how much you can accomplish, I literally, deliberately put myself back into the fire for those reasons. That's where, hey, if you haven't done boot camp or competitive sports, that's fine. You're listening to this podcast now. Or you can be around people and, and be accessible to people on the internet. But you've got to learn how to create those circumstances for yourself to leave mm-hmm. no other option but putting in that work and being consistent and realizing how much resources you have, how resourceful you can be, how consistent you can be, that. how deep you can actually dig to just pull the fucking best mm-hmm. out of you and get competitive with you. And if you can't get competitive with you and who you want to be, you'll never be competitive toward other people or toward an industry at all. Like you've got to learn how to, how to fucking self-initiate that fire here and how to really get after it. And you've got to start figuring out like who you want to be. And like you close your eyes. What does that best version of yourself look like? Are you shredded? Are you rich? Do you have an organization that employs a lot of people and you're happy and you're influential? Do you have a lot of acreages with a certain type of house? Whatever those things start looking like that for you. Cool. How are you going to start moving the needle to get there? And like, how can you start bringing some of that competitive nature out towards you? But you've got to eliminate distractions. You've got to eliminate obligations and you've got to leave yourself no other out, but through the door of success. Love it. Love you, bro. Love it. (laughs) All right. Appreciate you guys listening. Good podcast for Friday. Whatever day you're listening to this guys. Uh, Again, day one dollar zero podcast. We are primarily on obviously all the audio places you can listen to um to to your audio podcast but youtube um we're building up our presence over there so we have all our videos uploaded over youtube so go over there subscribe give us a like leave a comment and uh we'll see you guys next week we appreciate you guys happy friday until uh, until next time we will talk to you guys soon all right day one dollar zero out I'ma slip it on down and turn it up. South down and we trailblazing, yeah, but.